Hey, welcome back to the Simmons Car Care Shop Talk Show right here on ESPNTucson.com, 1490 AM, 104.9 FM. And so far, I guess the uh, lines are working today, which is fantastic. We got through the first hour. The second hour is always a breeze. Always have about a million things to talk about in the second hour also. But I was talking so much while ago, I forgot to tell you that uh, Tucson Speedway at Houghton and Dawn Road, they are racing tonight. Gates open at 5. Guess what? I have four family packs of four Family, four family packs of four <laughs> per ticket to give away. And I want to go through calls one, two, three, and four. So the first four callers will get a family pack of four, 719-1490, 719-1490. Now, 719-1490, that's for the, I've got four packs of tickets and each one of them have four in them. Uh, so it, and this is about a $60, $70, pack of each. So, uh, for the first four callers, uh, 719-1490, 719-1490. This portion of the show is brought to you in part by Parker Automotive Service Center. Mike Parker, who is on the East Coast getting educated, uh, actually is in tech school and he's located 4101 East Speedway Boulevard. I had him on last week, and most of you, they caught the entire show. The first hour was out. Second hour, he was on the show. And it's ParkerAutoAZ.com. ParkerAutoAZ.com. He's got a beautiful place on East Speedway at 5101 East Speedway. And if you're looking for service down there, you want to call in to 323-1960. He is a full-service garage, just like Simmons, just like Automotive Specialist. He's at Full Service Garage, 323-1960 is the phone number. You want to talk to Ryan or Scott on the service counter when you get in down there. And uh, go ahead and schedule your work. They do excellent work. If they didn't, they wouldn't be on the sponsor of a Simmons Car Care Show. Trust me, I know these guys. I trust them. Their reputation is mine. We don't rip off people. We treat them just like you're part of our family. When you're doing this stuff, you have to in order to keep them on the road because we all, me, Brian, and Mike have the same opinion, and so does our staff. We don't want to be, I don't want to be going to the lakes and see you on the side of the road and you're one of my clients. Oh, well, he broke down. Why'd you break down? And find out it's something that we could have prevented. That would be very embarrassing for me, and it would be very embarrassing to him, and he'd probably be a little hot on the collar, him or her. So that's the reason we do it the way we're doing it. The other sponsor I'd like to uh, bring on because I uh, was not too heavy on the first hour was uh, Frontier Towing, 748-1100. If you don't know that number, it's not my fault. 748-1100, if you've been listening to this show, write it down. These are the big guys. They've got 32 big pieces of equipment out there, can haul anything from a smart car, but Jim says smart cars don't wind up on tow trucks. Uh, no, they wind up in a wheelbarrow. <laughs> uh, That's right. There are no tows cars on tow trucks. <laughs> yeah, but Frontier Towing tows everything, everything from big generators to uh, equipment, construction equipment, going from point A to point B when you change your location of construction uh, to 18-wheelers on the freeway to 
mining equipment. Uh, they even transported a rhino for the zoo in Tucson. <laughs> that was interesting. That was oh, that was an interesting day. I got to tell you, that was an interesting day. Yeah, or, or you know, your RV, your broke down RV, or your your RV that won't go nowhere. Or your 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 travel rotor. Tra- travel trailer with the broken with the hub burned up because it happens. A travel trailer with the springs that break. Keep going. Your 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 motorcycle. We actually have a special motorcycle trailer. We, we've done our fair share of toolboxes. Transporting a toolbox is an interesting concept because you've got this item that's like an egg. It's it's very it's very strong, but if you touch it the wrong way, it it crunches all the pieces. And of course, how much does a how much does a, a professional mechanics toolbox cost these days, Jerry? What ten? Uh, you twelve, can, fifteen grand? You can you can go up thirty five thousand for for the toolbox, how and then put the how tools in it. But for a toolbox, it comes with box. its own work counter. It comes with its own electrical. It comes with its own lights. Right. So yeah, and you so can 30, spend a lot of money. Of the, the, car. Average, the guys are probably paying anywhere from five to ten, you know, in a in a regular. But to, for the guys that's been doing it forever, I've seen toolboxes that line the entire wall of a shop, and they're one brand, all put together. They're gorgeous. They're big as the side of a. They 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 look like a um, a van. No, they're bigger than a van. You. Uh, you can go thirty five thousand dollars on no problem. Even the, for the monsters. The one at Har- yeah, even the one at Harbor Freight is ten thousand dollars. Even the toolbox at Harbor Freight is ten thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. At Harbor Freight, you know the guys that are supposed to be the dollar store of the, of the mechanic tools. That's ten thousand dollars. So the Snap On Matco Mac toolboxes, yeah. So and then fill it with tools, and now it weighs about it, it's as much as a car. And it weighs as much as a yeah. car. Put all those tools in there, yes. all that iron in there. It's really heavy. So it's it, and and of course they got you know pinstripes and murals and uh, yeah, imagine that. And then and and by the way, they don't leave a place. It's not like a car where you could just throw a chain on that puppy. It does not work that way. You have to be super no. super careful. Yes, you do. Uh, they have most of them come with wheels on them, like most cars. <laughs> and, but they're uh, little wheels. They just. I have I have a big snap-on box, and when I went to get it, uh, I took my truck, and the first thing I did when I got there was pull out my cell phone, and call a tow company to have this box delivered to my house. Uh, you can pull the drawers out on the drawer, out on the uh, the box, and you can sit on the drawer. That's how heavy the box is, and you won't tilt the box. You, neither will you break anything inside it. But, uh, yeah, a lot of investments involved there, a lot of investment. But the tools is the investment. It's not uncommon to see a guy walk around with $150,000 worth of tools in these boxes. That's the reason we say lock them up when you leave at night. Lock them up. But if you got that toolbox lock, they get pretty good locks on them. You got a toolbox lock, they're not going to jump a fence or break down a wall and take that box because you got to have a crane to pick it up and move it. So it's actually a good security <laughs> device too. So, <laughs> but anyway, so it, it, 
my my point is, if you need something towed, need something moved, call Frontier Towing, 748-1100. If you have a crash on the freeway, keep the number, 748-1100, because when you have that crash, you're going to be wound up like a 10-day clock, and you're not going to be thinking. You need to have your insurance number handy also, and uh, a tow company to get this vehicle off the side of the road, 748-1100. That takes care of the tow company. The insurance company? Write it on the same notepad that you've got Frontier Towing written down. Then you'll have it all. All right, Jim. Now, we were talking about uh, electric cars and the things that actually uh, affect uh, that you still have to do with electric cars. Um, air conditioning, of course, is one. Uh, cabin air filters. Uh, alignments. You have to do alignments on them because they hit the same potholes in Tucson. You hit the same curbs in Tucson. You hit these curbs. Uh, and you say, well, it, it, this is all right. I read a, a three, almost three hours on front end alignment impacts. Where are the impacts? Um, when do you need, uh, an alignment? Well, you need alignment. If you lift your vehicle, suspension parts that affect the tire angle are replaced or adjusted. You've had a fender bender. Or a hard uh, contact with a curb, uh, road debris, or a large pothole. It's been, or it's been a year since you've had your alignment check. You need to check these things because if you're plowing with the front tires, you're going to be replacing front tires. <laughs> the average cost on these front tires now are uh, about 180 bucks a piece. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and by the way, Jerry, yeah, there are no, no tires available. There's a rubber shortage along with chip shortage, wood shortage, and every other shortage on the planet. Tires are becoming a scarcity today. So now well, the alignment is even more up. critical because if you think that it's cheaper to put a tire on than it is to fix the car, well, you may not be going anywhere because there's no tire to put on the car. Well, I mean, if you... It, it, when you your tires, you know, tires on a truck are about two fifty a piece now, and they are on mine. And uh, so, if you take a car, and I've seen car tires, they're two twenty five, two thirty five, two fifty. And so, for the, for if the there's a shortage of tires, the price is not going down. The price is not going down. And you're right, and you the eighteens, the twenties. Yeah. And, yeah, they're $200 a piece. Yeah. And then you get into tire, tire balancing. Tire balancing, okay? Uh, what causes tires to unbalance? Okay? Poor tires. Poor tire co- uh, condition. Improper torque on the wheels. Improper torque on the wheels. Uh, and it creates a wobble on the rim. Uh, this I experienced in 1980 on a half-ton Ford truck, and I couldn't figure out. All we did was rotate the tires. And uh, when you rotate the tires, go ahead and have them balanced when you rotate them, if you can. If you're a place where they can balance tires, have the tires rotated and balanced. And keep the rubber meeting the road on a regular basis. There is a – and then another one is just absolutely – uh, a bad tire, which is carcass on the uh, from a manufacturer, 
and that's on these cars, the car tires that you balance. Now, at one time, uh, you know, of course, Simmons, we specialize in vibrations on cars, too. And, you know, you get it in, the guy, and then you, the best information we can get from you if you come in and say, I've got a vibration in my car, what speed? How long has it been doing it? And then when you give me that, how long has it been doing it? And I'm going to say, have you had your tires changed lately? And then the light comes on and says, yeah. Did you have a vibration before you put the new tires on? No. Okay, then you've got a balance issue on your tires itself. On the tires, when you get them balanced and you get it back, and it's got six ounces, seven ounces of lead put around the rim on the, the wheel to keep the tire from balancing, you take that daggone thing back in and tell them you want a round tire. Just take it back in because now we got road force balancers. <laughs> we got road force balancers. Uh, they should be able to test these things because you can balance a block of wood, but it's got to go down to the ground. And if you get a sidewall that in the carcass that is not the same as the inside sidewall or the outside sidewall is not the same as the inside ones, the road force balancer will pick it up and it will tell you. And it'll tell you where it's at. And that's the new technology that the, uh, these balancers have when you're playing with these things, especially a road force balance. You have to put the car, the tire, on a roller and make it act like it's on the road in order to come up with a good balance. And, and I've seen people put it on a machine and say, yeah, it's, it's perfect. It runs perfect. It does till you put it on the car. When you change your tires or you rotate your tires so you do it yourselfers at home, keep in mind there's a torque specification on each one of the tires or each one automobile, and you get a torque wrench. You go down to Jim's favorite place, Harbor Freight, and you buy a torque <laughs> wrench, or you can go to Merle's and get a torque wrench, and you follow the torque specifications on this. You follow the torque sequence on putting these tires on. You don't just slap a tire on a car like NASCAR and run around it and tighten them all at the same time. Even NASCAR has a problem doing that. So what you want to do is you put, the, put them on, run them up in a sequence, just like you torque down a, a cylinder head on a vehicle. You, it's running sequence. And then you, when you get down to where you think, okay, it's about time for the final, you put your torque wrench on it, and you actually torque it to specifications in sequence. And then that'll eliminate probably the wheel actually being out of round is the effect you get when you don't torque them in sequence. That is one of the calls. Of the, and when you get a, a wheel that's doing that, even though you have a, a tire balancer on or, or a tire weight on that weighs three and a half ounces, it can shake that, that, that weight off if you drive on a dirt road. And it can jar the weights off of the inside of the wheels. And you won't know it because most of your weights are put on the inside of the wheels. And if you're on the outside of the wheels, they could be a tape weight or they could be a, a click-on weight. It goes over the rims, depending on what you have. If you have aluminum, you have tape. So, and if these things come off and you're not used to looking for it, uh, yeah, you're going to have a tire vibration. Anytime you have a tire vibration, you have extra wear on that tire when it goes down the road because it's not hitting the ground the way it's supposed to. It's slamming the ground. Instead of rolling over the ground, it's slamming over the ground. 
The other thing you can have, if you have a, uh, a tire balance or you think it's tire balance, um, it could be the shocks. If you've got bad shocks on it and you have a, just a little bit of vibration starting in the tire, then it can aggravate it. So you have the tires pulled off. You have a tires rebalanced. Remember, you can balance a block of wood on the machine, but it's got to go to the ground. You put it back on and say, oops, I just don't know what it is. You know, being a vibration shop, I've actually taught classes on vibration and had a, from dealerships to independent garages to everybody else come in. And there is 21 places on a car that can create a vibration, not just a tire, okay? Drive shafts do it. Well, there's 21. I'm not going over it. That's another show by itself. And But if you do that, think back. Okay, what did I do before this, tiber, this vibration appeared? What did I do? I went down and bought a set of tires and put them on there. Bought a good set of tires. Bought a set of Michelins. You're supposed to be a real good tire. Bought a set of Michelins and put them on there. Okay. It's still manufactured. It's still put in a press. It's still glued together. And so now all you have to do is figure out which one of those tires are bad. You know. And I'll tell you another thing, too. Brake drums will create a vibration. You pull a brake drum off. If you pull a brake drum off, you look at it. If it's got a big weight on it, which most of them do, you mark the stud that that drum come off, and then you put it back. Mark the drum. Mark the stud. Put the drum back on the marked stud. The mark from a drum has got to line up with the mark on the stud, and you put that brake drum back on exactly the way you took it off. Okay, we've chased those things till it makes your nose bleed. And then finally we pulled it off and put it in a balance machine in the drive shaft division and found out that, okay, well, the, the weight's where it's supposed to be. Now we've got to figure out why it's it, – it, and it, they just don't go back the way they're supposed to. And if you don't put them back the way they're supposed to, and the easiest way to do that is just start rotating a thing, especially if somebody did a brake job and then all of a sudden you've got a rear – uh, you've got a vibration and it's coming out of the rear. We have the little, I call them earthquake shakers, that you put on the corners of the frame that will tell you which corner the vibration is actually coming from, and that helps us diagnose. So, yeah, it's, it's quite in-depth, quite in-depth. And wheels, when you put them on a car, it's okay to spin them by hand, spin it a good spin, and take a look at the tires, see if it shows like it's shadowing or jumping up and down for a better description. And if it's jumping up and down, look at the seal beads around the rim that goes to the tire. There's a little rubber bead, a little rubber line that goes on the tire. When you put the rim on, that rubber line is supposed to be the same distance from the left side as it is to the right side, as it is to the top side, as it is to the bottom side. You can't have a quarter of an inch of a rubber bead sticking out from the edge of the rim to the tire on one side, and then the other side be flat up against it. It's not going to work. It's going to shake. It's going to jump up and down. You can balance a block of wood on a balancer, but it's got to go to the road. You can balance a tire that's jumping up and down on a balancer, but it's got to go to the road. When it goes to the road, it's going to act differently. So keep that in mind when you're playing with your tires. And the old tires that have the, the sidewalls are so doggone hard, it's like rolling a piece of concrete. <clears throat> when they get ready to balance those, those are a trip. 
So, you know, just remember, look at the DOT stamp on the side. That says DOT. It's a little round circle, and it's got four numbers in it. It's got like 2020. If it's 2020, it was made on the 20th week of the year in 2020, okay? If it's made the 20th of the year, if it's 2015, it's made the 20th week of the year in 2015, okay? Tires in Tucson with the sun and stuff, they recommend, well, the rubber company said, hey, about four years is just about what you want to gamble with. Yeah, they'll last longer if you're running to the Circle K and back. Yeah, or going to the grocery store. But if you're going from here to San Diego and back, you may want to make darn sure that that tire is in good shape. You don't know what you're doing. You drive it into your favorite tire shop and you ask them or ask your mechanic, can you take a look at my tires? And you'd be surprised at the information that you'll get on them. But I, I read an article on tires here uh, probably six months ago that said, oh, by the way, with the driving that we have on tires, people should theoretically be replacing the tire every 18 months. And I'm going, that's not going to happen at 250 bucks a piece. And so you have to keep the front end uh, aligned. You have to keep your shocking system on aligned. When you ride down the road, you have a set of springs, coilovers, or struts, the sidewall of the tire is is what you're riding on. You have the springs, the sidewall of the tires, the shocks. And so you take those three items. If one of them's not working right, then you're going to, it's going to affect the other two. So that's the reason you um, do that. And then another one, people say, well, I've just got a, I got a shock on the right front. It's bad. And uh, so all I need is a set of front shocks. Well, guess what? The hind end of the car hit the same bump that the front end of the car hit it, because it's designed to track the front tires. So keep in mind when you buy a set of shocks, maybe you want to catch one of these specials. Buy three, get one free or something like that. You don't need the mega, mega dollar shocks. You can get a good heavy-duty replacement and a lifetime warranty on it. You can get those from Merrill's. Get a good heavy-duty shock. The different one's got a half-inch, one's got a three-quarter. If you're running trucks, get the three-quarter. If you're running a car, just get a good half-inch. And they'll make them based on weight, carry, and stuff like this. So then you'll be safe when you put them to the ground. You can feel like they're actually going to work like they're supposed to. And that'll save you money. If you keep your front end alignment, it'll save you money on fuel, too. Okay? Makes a big difference whether you're sliding a tire or rolling a tire. If you try to roll one and slide it at the same time, it's going to take more energy, which is fuel, to move the load, and there's where the problem is going to be. You got anything you want to share on that, Jim? Uh, tire separation. We see a lot of uh, yeah, vehicles that are go going down the road with tire separation. And this is a little, sometimes it can be a little tricky to identify. Um, you'll look at the tire and you can actually see the tread looks like it's got an S curve in it. And so it, 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 what it does is it makes the tire bulge because the belts have separated internally from the, from the sidewalls or from the tread inside. And that's a, that's a grenade waiting to happen. The tire separation only goes a little while and then it just blows out. Um, but it, it'll, it'll vibrate your car to death. 
Um, and, and it happens just from a car sitting. I've seen tires that have just sat and the, and the, and the, the treads come apart and then it gets to the point where it looks like a big tumor on the side of the tire with a big bulge in it and then bang, out, out she pops. Uh, so yeah, yep. tire separation is a real big vibration issue, and if you and and it's and it's even worse on a trailer because you don't exactly feel it. But although it still exists, you know, trailer tires are and on RVs and are are still subject to the same rules. Like Jerry said, going through that pothole, you know, you you and you and when you're pulling it, you you know, you're going down the road and you you miss it with the truck, but you catch it with the with the uh, with the trailer because you're because it's in a little bit. It's you know it swings in a little bit because it didn't track just right, boom. And you see those you when you get that a separation, they those separations are are deadly and costly. When a tire blows out on the side of an RV, it does so much damage to the side, to the undercarriage, to the floor of the RV or the coach. Um, it's it can be very expensive. I I we moved one the other day. The guy hit a pothole, literally hit a pothole with his with his it was a 2020 trailer. Three axle. He hit a pothole. I don't know what pothole he hit, but it literally broke the side of the unit off. The side had come separated from the top by four inches and it was falling down. That's how bad it is. Yeah, it was. It was. It was amazing. I, I'd never seen one fracture in such a way. But those units are very heavy, and so if you think that that little tire up there can just, you know, can take all the load. Yeah, it, it doesn't work so well sometimes. So it's really critical, like Jerry said, to check those tires out. Get somebody to check them out. If you don't know what to do, take it to somebody. And I like the road force balancing idea because what happens is you, when you apply the load to it, it actually flexes the sidewall, which is where problems immediately pop up. Because you don't know it, like mm-hmm. Jerry said, you, you, that, tire, that tire's rolling around on a balancer. There's no, there's no pressure on it. When you apply that pressure, all kinds of things change. All kinds of things go out the window. And you don't actually see that until it actually sits the road. And, and hey, like he said, I just have my tire balance, and all of a sudden it's still vibrating. Yeah, exactly. And, and six ounces on a tire? He's right. Somebody did something wrong, or there's a bad tire or a bad wheel. Stop. <laughs> Stop immediately. <laughs> go, back to, go back to the beginning and, and, try, and start again. Um, but, yeah, those uh, the separations we see because of just – Especially on trailers, they, the trailers sit around for a long time. You know, they're periodic use. They're seasonal use units. You you don't use it for six or eight months, and then all of a sudden, boom, it's ready to go. We're going to the lake. You know, we're going to have a great time. And, you know, you drive down the road, and you're on your way to Patagonia, and boom, on the two-lane road, it blows out. There's nothing that's going to ruin your day more, not just with you, but there's a bunch of other people who are going, hey, I thought you had this handled. This is not how it's That's supposed right. to work. We're not supposed to be spending our time on the side of the road, waiting for the tow truck, or waiting for the tire guy, wait, trying to change the spare. You know, now, granted, you get a good story when you get there at the over the fire at campfire, but that's not the story you want to tell because everybody's going to be standing around going, "Hey, yeah, we had a great time, and you are just getting here." So we're all leaving now. <laughs> yeah, but check the absolutely. Out. Well, they're um, the and they're front in alignment. Uh, Brian, Brian's got a big machine. Uh, Mike Parker's got a big machine, old Parker Automotive alignment machine, all computerized. Brian's got a all computerized big monster machine. Simmons four before has upgraded to a monster state of the art machine, and we see that uh, what 
you, you don't even realize, you know, because you have, an, you have a, a tendency to make excuses. The other thing is these people that have these big four-wheel drives that have the monster tires on it. I actually own a machine that can true a tire, okay? And the thing is, is when the client, we finally quit using it because we, we run out of answers. When you true a tire, you have a tire that's out of, out of round. And yes, they make them out of round. The bigger the tire, the more potential to make them out of round. The technology is a lot better than it was years ago when we were using this thing on a regular basis. But you could bring, we could take a tire on a vehicle and what we found in most of them are out around a little bit. And we could actually true that tire up to where it's completely round with no, I mean, it's, it's cut with a blade and it was so completely round when it does. Your tire wear better. And you look at the mess that we just peeled off of that tire and you said, there's no way, man. Uh, it, the, there is no way this tire is going to last as long as it's supposed to with you taking that much rubber off the tire. Well, the truth was we were taking the rubber off the tire. If you have an out-around tire, it's slapping the road. It's not rolling on the road. When it comes over at 360, it slaps the road. And the tire wires out premature. If you round it out to where it's a nice smooth run, roll, the tire lasts almost twice as long as it would if you'd have left that big lump, that outer roundness in that tire. Now, the tires have gotten better. I will tell you that right off the bat. Tires have gotten better. But they're still pumped out. They're still, yeah. If you have a vibration, and on those big four before you go down the road and that thing be jumping, you go whoop, whoop, whoop like that. You think, well, it's because of the tires. Yep, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> you're right you know, that you know and that's how that's, long will it go that's a great that's a great point jerry because you know what uh i you just reminded me of something that out around condition put that up on a set of duels even if the one even if one is out around and the other one's not it, it causes the one that's true to go out around because it's now like you said slapping the road so it makes the other one where prematurely incorrect. So now you don't have you have one tire that's bad affecting two tires. Now you get twice the tire cost. That's right. That is absolutely correct. I was just getting ready to say for the guys that run the uh you brought up an excellent point there, the diesels. Let's take a one ton diesel. Something as simple as a dually one ton diesel. And you go into the differential and you have a tire blowout. You say, okay, well, the other one's got about 50% left on it because I can look at it and tell. And I'm going to go buy a, another new tire the same size and put it on the outside hooked up to that inside tire. The one that's half worn out, the new one is not worn out. Which one is going to wear out? Which one? So you put a new you put head? a new tire up you put a new tire up against the used tire, and the new tire is taller than uh-huh. the used tire. The used tire will wear out faster every it's single time. And I know this doesn't seem right yeah. because it because it barely touches the road and it just scrubs it scrubs the tread right off. So if you have that situation. And you go to buy a tire for it, and you say, "Okay, well, the rest of them's pretty good." You know, uh, I'll just. Uh, what you want to do is you take the one off the front that's the same age as the one on the rear. You put the one off the front on the outside of the rear. 
And then, yeah, you probably have to change the rim. It'll probably have to do a tire change. Then you take the new tire that you're by and you put it on the front because the front is a single wheel and it will not, it may give you a little pull, but it's not going to be that bad. On the front instead of the rear, and then you match the rear up. You have two tires that's 50% on that one side. And then your tire wear is going to be pretty much equal from there on out as long as you keep your tire pressures up. The other one that'll kill you is let that inside dually on the back of a one-ton. Let the tire pressure go down on it and don't catch it because, after all, you only use it part-time. It doesn't haul what a one-ton is designed to do, so you've got that outside tire carrying that flat on the inside. And it's just got enough air in it where it hadn't blown up, so you really haven't noticed it, and you're not towing anything, so there's no additional sway, and that one will get you in trouble too. So when you do tires... when you do tires and you don't know what you're doing, that's what tire shops are for. That's what your technicians are for at these automotive repair centers because we see a lot of them. We see a lot of them. We've seen cars come in with a heavy pull to the right side on a one-ton dually. We put it up on the rack. We look at it, and I walk out, and I, I'm, I'm a, I can tell you if a pitcher is hanging a sixteenth off on a wall for some reason. always have been able to do that. I walked out facing that vehicle as I walked toward it. I looked at the size. I said, just put a tape around the outside of the right front. And they go, okay, put it on, then put one on. There was an inch and a half difference in the size of the tires on the front end. And it was pulling. It had been in a shop for two weeks, them trying to find why that front end was bad. And it was nothing but the wrong size tire on it. If you put a wrong size tires, when they say four-wheel drives, you buy four-wheel drive tires. You make sure all of them are the same. You make sure all of them's circumferences are the same. And you keep the same tire pressures in all of them. If you've got a full-time four-by-four or a four, just a four-wheel drive, and you lock that son of a gun in, you've got the wrong size tires on it, and it, it, you're only allowed about 10% of movement on those tires before you're going to start having additional problems. I've seen differentials. I've fixed differentials popping and cracking. A guy thought he'd blown up his differential. One side on a, on a single axle, single wheel, one side was 20 pounds tire pressure. The other side was 65. That will give you any atomic oh in it. And it was popping and a cracking, and he was going to the lakes. And he stopped by there and says, can you all take a quick look at this, see if I'm going to make it. And uh, I got the tire gauge, put them on it. I said, yeah, let me see what I can do here. I pumped them up to where both of them were the same and told him you need to go to a tire shop and find out why this tire went down. And uh, oh, okay. And I said, but I want you to test drive it for me first. Take it down, Ajo, bring it right back. Just t- take it down, see if you got popping and cracking. Do some turns and see, see what it does. And he come back and he says, it's perfect. I said, okay, now go find out why that tire went down before you go to the lakes because you get up the lakes because that thing will only adjust so far and then it starts creating heat and then it starts creating problems and creating expense to you for the differential. So there's a lot to it, and but there's a lot of preventive stuff that can be done. And that's the reason I say walk around the car about once a month. And if you got a tire gauge, use it. If you don't have a tire gauge, buy one. And learn how to use it. It's a no-brainer. You can you get them digital. You push them in there, and it says, "This is 32." You 
Try it on the front. This is 18. Guess what? You've got a leak somewhere. It's either in the valve stem with that dadgone little stem loose in there, like I had on my tractor, or uh, you picked up uh, somebody's nail that Jim left when he was operating on uh, working or dropped something in the road or something like that. Uh, beware of contractor's trucks when you're following the contractor's trucks or heavy route where there's con- a lot of contract construction going on. And pay attention to the road. If you see a little box on the road, don't hit it. <laughs> it could be full of nails. There was one somebody dropped over here off the of Tanker Verde and uh, off of the uh, overpass on Tanker Verde. And uh, there were so many flat tires out of that thing. There was cars parked from uh, the bottom of the hill all the way out to uh, Sabino Canyon or uh, Mount Lemon Highway. But it was uh, roofing nails that come off with it. They had the big heads on them. You hit them and they flip up and stick up through your tire. And somebody had a box that actually fell off of a construction outfit, probably a roofing truck. But um, just pay attention. Don't hit boxes and roads. You can avoid it. But yet, don't, don't, don't swerve and take out the guy in the next lane at the same process. It's better to have a flat tire than it is to take out somebody in the next lane. Um, fix a flat. Uh, when Jim was talking about the tires exploding, uh, remember what we said about fix a flat. You're going on vacation. You want to get there. You've got a can of fix a flat in your car. I highly rec- recommend you go to a salvage yard and find you another wheel and tire or wheel for a tire and use it as a spare tire. Get a good one, put it on there so that, and make sure you got a jack so you can change it. And so that you get out in the middle of the desert, you've got some way to put a spare tire on that son of a gun and get back. Because if you don't, that's an expensive tow bill from halfway here to Yuma, and you have to have his car picked up and, and brought back to a place where you can get it fixed. Got anything you want to add to that? Yeah, halfway to Yuma is is, uh, is uh, Gila Bend. Well, it's actually, Gila Bend's not quite halfway. But once you cross Gila Bend, there ain't a whole lot of anything. <laughs> There's Dateland, where you can get a great date shake, by the way. If you haven't had the date shake, you should stop and try it while you're sitting there with your flat tire. Because <laughs> it's going to be a long hoping way. That, hoping that somebody has the right size tire to go back on it, yeah. <laughs> Correct, yeah. But hoping somebody has the right size tire, or any tire. At that point, you're just hoping for a tire, you know. Uh, I'll take whatever just to get me home, so... Yeah, it's a, that tire, the tire, and, and like you said, the front ends, that, that's, those, those are critical issues. Oh, and by the way, um, hitting the tire with, a, you know, I know they used to have the old little, uh, bats, the little, the little sticks that you hit the tire with to see, you know, and make sure it was mm-hmm. inflated. It, yeah, that doesn't count. It, 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 just because you hit it with a hammer or, you know, put your hand, finger on it and push on it and go, yeah, kick it with your foot and it thinks it feels good, that does not that does not tell you the actual pressure of the tire. And if you read, uh, we have, because we deal with a lot of vehicles, we actually have a Michelin service manual. And Michelin will tell you if a, if a tire is 10 PSI below its recommended pressure, it's, con- it's considered flat. 10, if it's down TS10, 10 PSI, it's considered flat because what they know is that 10 PSI will cause so much damage to the tire 
due to the low tire condition that it starts flexing the sidewalls. It causes the tread to arch in the center. It cre- creates this, uh, this really abnormal tire wear, and the tires are not designed to operate that way. So, yeah, just going, you, like Jerry said, you need a really good tire gauge. Put tire gauge on there. It takes two seconds and read it. It tells it to you. It actually says what it is. You don't have to put it over your glasses. Get the little digital one. It tells, says exactly what it says. You, and and well, you'll know. Go ahead. Yeah, so, um, yeah, and, and do that every single – you're supposed to do it every day, but, you know, you should check them at least once a week because tires – I know this sounds crazy, but tires lose air. They The tire air actually permeates out of the tire. Um because oxygen is, is has is smaller molecules than nitrogen, so the oxygen bleeds out and the nitrogen stays in. That's why they fill tires with nitrogen. Well, also so they don't blow up. They don't they don't fail at the, at the quite the rate. Um, but yeah, so a lot of tire shops no. have nitrogen generators that actually fill them with nitrogen and little and fill them just with uh, air. Um, so yeah, so that's all. All those are important things to, to make sure you take care of. Um, I mean, or I mean, or call me. I'm here. I'm at work. It's six. It's, oh, yeah. it's seven o'clock. It's seven forty-five on a. Or what time is it? It's seven thirty. It's seven forty-three on a Saturday. I'm here. I'm ready to go. We're, we're, oh, we're 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 here. Just hanging out, waiting for you. Uh, I you know I forgot. Um, I think I'm, we're running about out of time here. I gotta uh, put a few more ads on here for Merrill's Automotive. Merrill'sAutomotive.com. Merrill'sAuto.com is the correct. Uh, Ten locations in Tucson. They also have them in Sierra Vista, Marinci, Globe, Casa Grande, Green Valley. Uh, LensAutoBrokerage.com. LensAutoBrokerage.com. Um, I went on his website. I go on his website every week and I check his inventory, see what he's got. He is moving a lot of vehicles. They're located at 2101 North Stone Avenue, 628-7500 is a phone number. Uh, they're open Monday through Friday, 8 to 6, and on Saturdays it's 8 to 4 or until the last uh, customer leaves. So you want to, if you're a weekend warrior and you're looking for parts, Merle's is open. You can go down there and get just about anything you want to. They also have uh, equipment. Uh, they have machine shop service that they offer there at the main store on South Dodge. Uh, and they also have tools and equipment that you can get. You can get all your additives that you're looking for. And uh, plus you're talking to somebody that knows what they're talking about. That always helps. And don't be afraid to ask the dumb questions as you consider dumb questions because the only dumb questions are the ones that don't get asked. Automotive specialist. Automotive Specialist AZ dot com thirty six what thirty six eleven West Ina Road Suite one oh one Meredith and Ina in the Bookman's Plaza. Brian, as I've said, he has the big fancy wheel alignment stuff, extremely uh professional. One of the best diagnosticians in the state of Arizona or west of the Mississippi actually. He actually got that award once upon a time. Um and, you know, Mr. Test First, Don't Guess, just remember, test first, don't guess, because the parts that you're going to buy are going to be expensive. Make sure you need the parts. If you're buying electronic parts, once you plug that electronic part in, and you, that's pretty much, you can't just say, well, that didn't cure it. I'll just take it back out and turn it back in. That doesn't work. Because that electronic part, we don't know if you put that electronic part in and blew that thing because of another 
problem with the vehicle, and it actually shorted out that electronic part. So they, there's no refunds on those. If it is, it's one heck of a fight, I'll tell you that. But there is such thing as buying an electronic part and it being bad. That's a different story. You only have to prove that it was bad. And why you you better have all the information to prove that that, that part that you bought from a dealer or something like that is bad, especially if it's electronic. It's electronic. Anything, a spike can take his stuff out, electric, uh, electric spike. As Bill alluded to, just depending on what you what you have in there controlling uh, the voltage going to these places. If one of those regulators are bad, you spike it out, guess what? Problem time. And one more little reminder. When you think your battery's bad and you go in and you pick up a battery, said, I'll just go back and change it. Now, for the ones I'll be on the show that got to show last week and week before, well, last week, where uh, a guy had his neighbor change his battery on a 2000, what was that? 2011 Ford Explorer. Changed the battery in it. All heck broke loose when they changed that battery because they changed it improperly. Didn't keep, didn't do the keep alive. And it's about a, it, it could potentially affect $4,000 worth of work because of the spike inside that lobe. So heads up, heads up. If you don't know what you're doing, leave it, don't quit your day job. Go get somebody professional. Just work a little harder at your day job. Get a professional to track it and fix it before you have to spend 4000 on something that's simple, and they're not really that simple when you change a battery anymore. There's a procedure that you have to go. There's a uh, relearn procedure on some of them. Uh, if you change them out, they may hold it. They may not. You may have to go through the relearn, and this is stuff that you need to know. And welcome to the world of electronics. So automotive specialists. Over on the west side, absolutely an excellent shop. Uh, I, I do have some phone numbers on Brian, too. Uh, Brian's sale number is 237-3852. Sale, 237-3852. His business number is 572-1734. That's Brian Fuller, automotive specialist on the west side at 3611 West Iron Road. Business, 572 1734. Brian's sale number is 237-3852. Mike Parker's place on Speedway at 5101 East Speedway. The phone number is 323-1960. Parker Auto AZ.com. And that'll pretty much get you uh, any, any place in Tucson. Of course, Simmons, 8840217 or com. Uh, our, our hours are 7 to 5, Monday through Friday. Uh, we don't work them on the weekend. I prefer to have a technician that's not wore, wore out when he gets back on Monday morning. And so we allow them to do that. It is Mother's Day for all you guys. Just remember, I told you so. <laughs> So when you forget it, you say, oh, I can't believe I forgot that. Yeah, it happens, but it'll only happen one time because you'll be reminded of it for the next 25 years. So uh, pay attention to that. Uh, all right, let's see. I think I've got everybody in now. Of course, I've got Jim in. Everybody's in on the ads. And uh, thank, I'd like to thank my sponsors. If it wasn't for the sponsors, the show wouldn't be on the air for the last 33 years. So thank you very much. Appreciate it. 
So what else you got, Jimbo? What What do you want to go with? We're, we're running a little short. Well, we got about ten minutes. I I wanted to cover a couple of more things, unless you've got something that wants to trump me out. Uh, a couple of more things on the electric cars. Some of the things that can affect an electric car. <clears throat> How about? Where is it at? I got it written down here. Yeah, where yet? Where yet? Where yet? Oh. I had to call out an exterminator for scorpions. Scorpions will not cause your car to fail. They may scare the crap out of you if they're inside the car with you, which I've seen. But I don't know how they got there. Never asked. Didn't make sense anyway. Pack rats. Pack rats. And pack rats. Pack rats and, and electric cars. Oh, Pack my rats and an electric car. Oh, my God. Um, so Jerry, I will tell you that we tow cars for pack rat damage every day, but with an electric car, uh, we tow them all the time because once the pack rat eats the wire and it only, it only has to be the one little control wire that they eat, that they damage, it's done. The car is shut off and you are not starting it because it won't power up. You're not taking it out of gear. It won't go into what's called tow mode, which is the mode that allows it to roll freely. You won't start it. You won't communicate with it. You won't do anything. Pack rats. One of the and oh by the way, pack rats are not covered under warranty. When they pull that car apart, when they take all the cover panels off and they start getting to the wires and they see this pack rat damage, yeah, that is not covered under the warranty. That is an external damage that you get to pay for. Incredibly, incredibly uh, interesting st- stories about pack rats, and I've, we've towed cars repetitively with pack rat damage. You'll take it, get it fixed, in two, three thousand dollars fixing the wiring, and then a month later you're towing it again because pack rats don't go away. They don't. They don't just you know. Oh, hey, I ate that one vehicle and, and leave and go off into the the never never land. They hang around because hey. That's a good food source, and I can go back and get that one more time. So, yeah, right. pack rats. Pack rats are really dangerous to electric cars. They're dangerous to the gas burners, too. Uh, one hybrid car that I remember, certified electric, Jim Chavez over there, and uh, he's another buddy of mine, but he did a Prius that had pack rat damage in it. And... They he actually got the insurance company, or they got the insurance company to cover it the first time. Second time's on you on that one. Now I don't know. That'd be a good one for your the board. Your insurance woman. Uh, you yeah, That's, I'm telling you, we're going to grind her. We we're going to absolutely work her to death when she shows up next week. And that's a great crash damage for, for her. $1,900, and this was about 10 years ago on a Prius hybrid, $1,900 to fix this thing. He had to take everything out, had to make most of the harnesses because the harnesses weren't available, and he didn't, well, and then the, they're special order only, and they cost more than a car. So he just, uh, he fixed it. But um, I'm, I'm looking, okay, so you got, what else could affect an electric vehicle? You got the pack rats. Uh, pack rats are not discriminatory. You've got, remember the little ground squirrels, which is also a rodent? Those little, the little ground squirrels. They like to crawl, they, the same little pain in the butt. They'll crawl up in your engine and they'll sit there and chew on stuff and 
then you get ready to go track it. There is no set diagnostic procedure to do on pack rat damage. You can go in, we can put smoke detectors or smoke injectors on a car with a, to find if there's uh, vacuum hose, hoses and stuff has been eaten through because most of the time they're on the bottom side of the wire where they can set on the intake and reach up and grab it. And most of the wiring that was done in older vehicles, I don't know, I know Honda's come out with something now that they said you can buy this and wrap the wires in it and it'll protect, okay, whatever. However, wires have a peanut butter oil on the inside between the case and the wiring. And that's what they really like. Once they dig through the, and they can smell it. So they'll dig through your wire, and they'll, they'll take a little nip here, and it'll be in a wiring loom where there'll be about 10 or 15 other wires with it, and it'll short out to the next wire next to it, and then it'll start the melt procedure. And then it starts, if you're lucky, it'll start blowing fuses, and you'll be okay. If you're not lucky, it will smoke and start a fire, and then you have to make sure that you just happen to be there when that little blaze comes up on that plastic because it's heated up and it's actually burning. But... It's pack rat damage is a booger. Pack rat damage is absolutely impossible to estimate <coughs> until you find every one of them. And on the electric vehicles with the high voltage wires that come from the battery to the motors, those big thick wires that you know that look like two aught, look like look like big battery cables, right? Um, yeah, that, that you know they have you know three four hundred volts in those things, and it, it, when when the pack rat bite chews through those, you know it might he probably will end his life, but it could you know start some other type of issue. So now the car burns down because of the such of the high voltage yep. and it arcs, and now 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 the of course you have insurance, but you know you don't really want your car to to up in flames because of a pack rat. Um, and and that even if even if it didn't the type of the type of a wiring is is so expensive like Jerry said fifteen hundred dollars I've seen the, the electric cars that have been three and four thousand dollars of repairs from pack yep. yep yep well because it's, it's not even easy to get one. to you have to tear you have to tear everything down just to get to the wiring you have to take all the panels out to basically rip the car apart. Because everything is laid, you know, it's laid down in the bottom of the car. So you have to, you have to pull everything apart. And the only piece, the only thing you can get in there is the pack rack because there's a little breather holes for it, you know. And and boom. Right. Oh my right. God. Well, I I think that um, I had Mister Packrat on the radio program about three times since I've been doing radio, and the information that he told me, the one you'd think, okay, I I've, I've got buddies that they have rattlesnakes on their property up in the northeast. And uh, they won't move them. They'll, I mean, you go down to feed your horses, you better pay attention because there's probably a rattlesnake laying around there somewhere or another. And I said, why don't you move these things out someplace else? And he said, because they're good on eating pack rats. Now, <laughs> told you all that, tell you this. Mr. Pack Rat sat right there and told me, and I seen a picture that he sent me where he opened a pack rat nest Sitting beside the pack rat looking straight at him was a rattlesnake looking straight at him. They were sharing the same nest. 
He says they're fine. The pack rat is fine as long as the rattlesnake's not hungry, and he only eats about once every two weeks. And I'm going, oh, my gosh. And he said, I have pulled everything out of a pack rat nest that people are trying to use to say, oh, this will deter a pack rat. He says, I pulled <laughs> poop out. I pulled coyote poop out. I pulled everything that people think that you can deter a pack rat with. They adapt extremely fast. And the he said the best way to do it is, one, remove the source, remove the nest. And I have took, taken my tractor and dug a hole 48 inches by tape, taking a pack rat nest out of the ground when I first moved in here. And the thing is, only one pack rat is in a nest. And you think as big as it, it looked like a condo. And no, only one pack rat's in a nest. And so I learned that from Mr. Packrat. And he said, what happens when the mama goes in to have the babies and stuff, she goes into a nest, has the babies, and then you got all these little pack rats there. And then they grow up really quick, and then they go out on their own. So the only way to do it is park it in an open area, keep the lighting on it. That seems to work out for my fifth wheel now that I've had to put light track lighting on the bottom of it. And every night automatically comes on uh, just to try to keep them out. Because I spent about uh, eighteen, seighteen hundred dollars having the wires put back in an enclosed fifth wheel, 2017, oh. just because of a, a pack rat. It was parked in an open area. But anyway, we will uh, we will have to cover that in another show. We've got 30 seconds left. Jimbo, thanks for coming on, buddy. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Oh, not a problem. Anytime, Jerry. Have a great weekend. Have a great Mother's Day. All right. Thanks, man. Until next week, don't forget Mother's Day. God bless. Tune in next week. We'll have insurance. Anything you want to ask about insurance. Until next week, bye-bye. <laughs>